Okay, welcome to episode six of Badger Watch. This is the cricket podcast where we play cricket11.com fantasy cricket and we link everything back to the county championship. Um, now, I think a couple of new listeners have come across to us for the last couple of episodes and they have decided that they don't know the point scoring system too well on cricket11.com. So I'll quickly brief everyone on that before we get going. So on cricket11.com, you get one point per run. You get run bonus points of five points for 25, 10 for getting 50, 15 for 75 and so on. I won't go through the strike rate because it's too complicated for me to read out, but you do get one point per four and three points per six and minus 20 for a duck. Bowlers get 25 points per wicket. They get a 5% wicket bonus for a strike rate of 60 balls per wicket and one point for a maiden over. Catches are 15 points, runs are 15 points and stumpings are 20 points, which leads us in nicely to how we all got on this week. We must say that we're a badger down. Hugh is foxily on his honeymoon. Don't know why he couldn't schedule it for the county championship break, but we do have Marcel, Chev, and um, then we also have Howard with us. How do you guys get on this week? Um, I'll put modesty to one side and say I absolutely smashed it this week, Spen. <laughs> We've had, so previously the table looked very much like Chevaliers were coming first last week. It was Brian May, Hughes team. They came second. Bears, Badgers, Howard's team were coming third. And I was coming last, but we have some movement in your team, Howard. You are now coming second. We have. And um, yeah, it was a very good week all round for Bears, Badgers, who only went in with 10 players because there was a few teams, a few players missing on a bye week. Yep. But of the 10 that played, nine scored 150 points or more. The pick of the bunch was Stephen Mullaney, who hit, I think it was 92 in the first innings and then a 56 ball, 100 uh, second innings for knots at Middlesex. Um, and then there were some solid performances with the ball from Parkinson, Overton of the Craig variety, uh, Roland Jones and Alex Thompson at Derby, who, um, despite not having much bearing on the game, seemed to rack up a, an extortionate number of points for bowling maiden after maiden on the final day uh, in a very dull um, blockathon by Worcestershire. But it was very nicely rewarded by Cricket Eleven. Which which Parkinson is it? Uh, Matt, yeah, the leggy. The leggy, nice. Chev, how did you get on? You're still coming top on 10,144 points. Yeah, I think looking at the score, probably last year I would have been quite happy with this score of, um, uh, what was it, about 1,400 or so I had this week. So it wasn't too bad, but everyone's pretty much all of them scored over 100 points, which is pretty good going, so it was evenly spread. Bar the two that, um, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about uh, taking out uh, Benningham and uh, Higo. And then obviously the previous round, all of a sudden they were back to uh, to scoring. Uh, they were the ones um, back to their old tricks again for this round and uh, barely uh, delivered anything. Uh, so yeah, they're definitely looking uh, to be dropped again. Uh, but uh, yes, overall not too bad. No one really, really stood out. Um, I think it was a bit unlucky with the, um, the rain on Sunday. Compton was doing quite all right, and uh, Colin was playing his last game for Surrey, and um, obviously he didn't really do much in that on that last day. Um, so yeah, I feel, I feel like I missed out on a few points there. But overall, yeah, no one really performed badly. 
uh, Broodcast came came through as the as the, the wicket keeper this week, which was quite nice. Worth well, saying uh, as well, Chev, you had a a very rare week without a transfer this week, didn't you? Correct. Yeah. So after all the chat last week, I thought, well, you know what? For once, I'll just um, stick with the team, give them the um, uh, the confidence that they need to to actually perform well, and obviously, um, I got rewarded uh, with uh, very low scores. <laughs> Straight back in the market next week. So you can guess what's going to happen next, because uh, that can only happen once. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I've got plenty of uh, trades left. So I think it'll be a busy week uh, for this final uh, game uh, in May, uh, and see what happens um, uh, in this final round. Lovely. How about you, Spen? Where did your points come from? My points came from Stephen Mullaney. Um, All of them. Yeah, I got, how many points did I get? I got 1,195, which I think is actually my second best week. So it tells, that's the reason I'm at the bottom. But yeah, I had Mullaney got 420, rightly with you. Alex Thompson, we've said it before, or maybe I've said it for about 30 seconds, but he's gone from Warwickshire to Derbyshire. And he wasn't really getting a look in that much, I don't think, at Warwickshire. So he's gone to Derby. He's played nearly every game for them this season. He's bowling good off spin, gets some runs lower order. I think that's a really good signing for them. Um, I, think he's a, I think he's a low knee. I'm not sure it's permanent. Is he on loan, is he, maybe? I don't I think know. so. Yeah. Not sure. But that's good, that. I mean, it's a really good bit of business there. I had Ben Mike as my captain because it's probably because I saw him live and I thought he was great and he got 99 he got a few wickets and I think he's an all-rounder. So based on uh, MrCricket11's.com's um, input, he said that you should always make a, an all-rounder your captain. And I thought, mm, I'm going to be canny here. I'm going to beat the system that he's got Ben Mike down as solely as a bowler. So um, Ben Mike then proceeded to get about one wicket and a duck, which I got minus six for him. So that was great. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Mulaney, Thompson, and then my batters all got over 100 points, which is quite nice. Um, and as Chev said, Compton was going nicely. It was a shame the weather came in because the weather was so good for most of the week, which meant that there were some big scores and then there were some opportunities to either bowl teams out in the second dig or try it you know, back for the draw. And basically, there was only one result, wasn't there, this week? Two results. Somerset beat Gloucester. And then Durham beat Glamorgan and everything else was drawn. And there were a few results that probably could have happened, weren't there, on that Sunday, I reckon. Somerset did the job well by getting it wrapped up inside three days. Uh, I think <laughs> anything Midlands and South England was was quite badly rain affected on the Sunday, wasn't it? And Yeah, that's right. Hugh had a few choice words to say about the timing of Surrey's declaration. But yeah, really, when right. they lost 90-odd they lost overs that last day, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with the... Hugh sent us a voice note from where is he? The Maldives, is that right? I think it's Mauritius. He's in Mauritius. Yeah. Um, Hugh is in Mauritius, sent us a voice note saying that Surrey racked up a record for the highest total without a hundred, um, in which he had great pleasure in telling Howard and Chev that they still didn't manage to win the game. Um, was that do you think they should have declared? earlier or do you think um do you think that was a just declaration should there have been a fourth day or not watched out? I, I, I don't have a problem with it i mean chev and i popped along down to down to beckenham on saturday for a lovely afternoon glorious okay. sunshine and the forecast at the time was that there would be full day's cricket the following day so it sort of came out of nowhere the weather really but yeah. uh look 
Beckenham's flat. They left themselves, uh, I think, enough time to bowl a side out twice if there was no play lost due to rain. So um, I don't, I don't think it was a, a missed opportunity. Yeah, I think if anything, they were actually going through the wickets quite easily on Saturday when we were there. Uh, felt, you know, when we left, it was we felt quite confident that this would be an opportunity on the Sunday to actually get a result, uh, result in, especially with um, uh, the likes of Will Jacks uh, uh, basically bowling most of the day on the Saturday, it felt. Yeah. Um, uh, and he was doing really well for a, what is listed as a batter uh, on uh, Cricket 11 as well. Um, a very good return uh, for him. Yeah. And I, yeah, it would have been a nice final day there, but yeah, um, it was just uh, doom and gloom on uh, on the Sunday. Yeah, that's a shame. I mean, it is great having all these, I mean, flatter pitches, whatever whatever seems to be happening this season. Hugh did also say in his voice note, you know, maybe we don't want to see sort of a, a Warwickshire style game. Warwickshire got 568 for four. Northamptonshire, I think, batted first actually in that game, didn't they? And they declared on 597. Now it is terrific seeing 300s. Vasconcelos got 100. Young, New Zealander got 100. And then Proctor got 100. But then Warwickshire just batting. I mean, it's great for these guys, isn't it? To go see Sam Hain get 202, Will Rhodes 99, and Matthew Lamb get 155. I mean, they're big hundreds from those, from Hain and Lamb. But it does probably not, see, you know, it probably isn't the best spectator sport, is it, when it's like that? I mean, I know we can't complain. We can't have the best of both worlds here. But what do you reckon? 10 wickets in 12 sessions isn't really what you turn up for, is it? I don't think. No, no. Fair thought for our old friend Simon Kerrigan in that game as well, who I think bowled unchanged from something like oh, uh, just before lunch on day three to past lunch on day four. I think he got through 55 overs and is still in search of his first first-class wicket of the season. Oh, my God. 52 overs, 170. Yeah, he bowled four maidens. Oh, God. Poor guy. I mean, that is a nice comeback story, isn't it? But when you're bowling on that wicket, it doesn't seem totally terrific, I would say. Um, and then just elsewhere, nice to see James Anderson bowling at Joe Root. That's a nice little little matchup, wasn't it? Great to see on the county circuit. Yeah, absolute corker that you got Root out with, wasn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And then actually Root got 100, which is nice for... Got by your mate Parkinson, Howard. Um yeah, I think he'd done a fair bit of damage before that, though, and he's 150 yards, so I don't think Barkey will read too much into that. But, um, I mean, a great game for for the England prospects. Anderson bowled well, Parkinson bowled well, Root got runs, Harry Brook got runs. Um, a, a lot of eyes on that game as a, as a Roses match and pressure on a lot of people to perform, and everyone seemed to step up. That is, I mean, you talk about pressure. That is a really good innings from Brook. He got 40 in the first innings, so Lancashire get 566. Um, first innings, Jennings 200, pretty awesome. Um, Croft 100, and then Yorkshire get bowled out for 379. And then it looks like Anderson and Parkinson are going to bowl them for victory, and yet Brooks still stands there in 82. I mean, you talk about the good type of runs, the right type of runs. That's pretty. That's pretty good from him under pressure, isn't it? Especially with the, you know, James Anderson and Parkinson to international class bowlers obviously Anderson and Parkinson trying to find his way that's a pretty good return isn't it I think he's probably you know he's probably next in line would you say yeah I mean that that five spot is is anyone's isn't it between I think probably down to Bairstow, Brook and Pope I think are the three I think it's tomorrow we 
hear the England squad announcement. So it'll be interesting to see um, see what, what happens there. I and mean, Bairstow's in pretty decent nick in the IPL, but will the fact he's played no first-class cricket since the West Indies tour count against him? I don't know. I think it has to. I mean, it's interesting that because if you look at, if you do look at the averages in the county championship, like, I mean, Brooks averaging 151, it seems. He's got 300s and 450s. He's got 758 runs. You can't tell me that Johnny Bairstow playing in the IPL is going to over, you know, usurp him or Harry Brew. You know, you can't tell me that, that he won't, that can't count for something. He's played four day, he's played four day cricket for the rest of the season. Bairstow hasn't. Would you think it's a travesty if Bairstow was selected? Well, Chef, you're the, you're the cutthroat um, man when it comes to selection. Do you go with the man in possession, Bairstow, or do you go with the guy that's uh, out in English conditions scoring first class runs? Uh, I would uh, not select Bairstow, but because. Um, you know, there's no point in um, in looking at the county championship if um, if people can just go off. To, I know that they're doing they're going to the IPL to gain experience there, and obviously they've got credit in bank. But at the same time, there's a great window now before the first game uh, in England. Plus, they just went uh, through this whole reset, so you should allow play, uh, for players that are actually performing well here to then also have a look in, because otherwise there's no point in, in, in going through everything else. I mean, and Bairstow, yeah, I think we keep going back to him, but at the same time, don't need him from a wicket-keeping perspective. Uh, he's great for the runs, but, you know, I think long-term, uh, uh, he's better off focusing on um, on white ball cricket, uh, and, and England just needs to move on. If you want to reset the team, um, I don't think Bairstow is the one to really have a look at. That's my opinion. I think the argument to that is that the the, the reset happened before the West Indies tour and, and Bairstow was part of the West Indies tour as part of the reset. Um, and interestingly, Pope was also selected on that tour, although he didn't get a game. So really, Brooke is looking to, to overtake two people in the pecking order to, to get a look in. Possibly Dan Lawrence. There's also still, still the possibility that Bairstow can take the gloves and we don't see folks... Um, behind the stumps. Yeah, I just I, I completely agree with Chep. I just think if 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 we're serious about this county championship and if we're serious about you know resetting Red Bull cricket in the in in England, then we you know then what is the county championship doing? You've you've probably got Harry Brook is playing for Yorkshire. He probably could go off and play elsewhere in terms of you know prioritise franchise cricket but you know he's staying here what is the point in him staying here scoring 750 runs if he doesn't get selected it will be interesting this week and obviously this is you know we want to focus on the county championship so you it's the same with someone like folks he's averaging 98 he scored 100 250s is he's going pretty well maybe he hasn't he's not i don't think he scored the most hundreds out of keepers this year but i think he's scored the most but he's averaging 90 so whenever he's had a job to do with the bat he's he's done it um, he just hasn't got the the weight of runs that some have, largely because Surrey only ever have to bat once a game. Yeah, true. That's a good point. That is a good point. And I think like you know, moving moving on, if you look at look at the bowlers, I mean, who what bowlers have, have stood out for you in the county championship so far this season? Because I think we haven't really touched upon them, have we? Because of the amount of runs people have been getting. But it's interesting to me that. With England selection coming up, I don't know if we're quite clear of who our next in line bowlers are 
coming from the counting championship. So who, who for you guys have sort of stood out in terms of point scoring and wicket taking, etc.? Well, I think the, the first one to, to touch on was the leading wicket taker in the country, which um, Hugh very, uh, very, well, I don't know what the word is, um, shrewdly selected as his captain this week, which is Matty Potts. Um, I think he took, was it 12 in the match? Did you get yeah. 11, four and a seven um, yeah. to bowl Durham to victory? So Durham's first win of the year there, um, which is surprising actually, given the the runs they've been scoring, as well as the, the variety and strength of that bowling attack. But good to see them on the board. Um, so I think he's been the standout performer. But as you say, we haven't really focused on the bowlers and there's been a lot of injuries kicking around for, for those in contention, haven't there? And it was worrying. I think Robinson pulled up on, on day one for Sussex, didn't he? Which I think that was only food poisoning in the end or, or dicky tummy. But then Overton left the field, Craig Overton, that is, for Somerset for a little bit. So he was um, he was also having a, a niggle. He did return to bowl in the second inning. So I think I think he's all okay. But when you throw in the other bowlers that are are crocked at the moment, it does leave us a bit thin on the ground. I can't remember who wrote the article. I'm trying to find it now. But there's an ESPN Crick Info article about Ollie Robinson. It was quite damning, I think, about his attitude at the game. Um, right. It sort of spoke about how he was obviously ate something bad the night before, so could only bowl one over, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Was that right? And then he sort of wasn't that interested in... It seemed as though he wasn't that interested in bowling pace in this game or the last game, and he sort of wanted to bowl his off spin, which he sort of did in Australia for a bit. Um, I think there was... A, it, basically, the article's alluding to something around his sort of attitude, and you know, if he is the next in line, he isn't necessarily showing the ECB that he's wanting it which I think leads it on to someone like you know Matthew Potts 35 wickets he's averaging 18.57 he's taken four or five wicket hauls which is extraordinary actually he's going to get 50 wickets easily which is like sort of the holy grail isn't it of of, of a fast bowler and then um, he's also played with Ben Stokes New England captain so I think yeah you're right there and I think the other one for me is Toby Roland Jones I mean he's been injured hasn't he he's had a horrible run of injuries he probably would have been one of England's first choice bowlers had he not got injured. And so to see him sort of come back, he's only got one five for mind, but he's taken 20 wickets, averaging sort of 20. I think it's really good to see him back. Yeah, I just think at his age and with the injuries he's had, I can't see him coming back into, into contention for selection. Um, but you're right, it is, it is great to see him back and bowling well. And I saw a bit of um, Middlesex uh, second morning and he was... Um, I think he took the first four wickets to fall on on the second day. He looked, looked brilliant. Um, so it is nice to see him back. I, just, I, I can't see him um, getting back in the conversation for an England oh. place. But he has, he has done well. Interesting. What about Chev, your mate, Overton, Jamie? Um, well, yeah, well, I actually had Craig, his brother Craig in the team for this week. Um, so, yeah, that, that's another one where him being off the field wasn't great. But, yeah, Jamie um, is doing uh, much better than expected, really. I mean... <laughs> Uh, we've we've not really had uh, a great return from him um, at Surrey, uh, but somehow he's um, he seems to have uh, found a stride this year. So that's quite good. Um, yeah, at the same time, I, we focused on batsmen for most of the the first uh, couple of episodes for a reason because that's where um, all the all the runs and all the points are coming from. And the bowlers, it's a bit more spread out. No one's really standing out hugely whether it's injuries or, or otherwise. Um, I wouldn't really, apart from the ones that we've already spoken about, 
can't really see anyone who should also be uh, on that list uh, for selection for England. So uh, I think Jamie Overton is a, a bit of a dark horse, actually, and not yeah. not just saying this because he's sorry, but when when we saw him on Saturday, Chef, he he did have the pace that um, that yeah. worried Kent, and he got something out of that pitch that the other bowlers weren't. And England do like to pick a, a, a bowler as a point of difference. If you look at the likes of Archer, would they go with someone with a bit of extra pace and something that's not all too same, 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 a la Jimmy and, and Broad. So at the moment with um, who we've got, Archer out, Wood out, Ollie Stone out, those are your, probably your three quickest bowlers. If they were to go for a similar type selection, Jamie Overton might be the one. And he's he's fit as a fiddle from what I can see, he plays every game for Surrey um, and will charge in. He's the type of bowler using short spells and you want to you want to keep him fresh. Um, but I, I guess it, it depends on the sort of the balance of the attack that they want to go with. But he, he could be someone that creeps in the, creeps in the back. And if they want to give him a chance already after, because basically we're just talking about this season really in, in terms of him having a return. So uh, yeah, is that, is the game, are the games that he's played so far uh, is that going to be, a, uh, is that the game changer and really in terms of selection, really? Because normally form players uh, struggle to to get into uh, the, the team anyway. Or uh, So if that's the case, then he, yeah, he could be the dark horse and he does bring something different. There are a lot of players that in his bracket that are injured uh, or potentially not able to play that many tests throughout the, the summer anyway. So in that sense, if he continues to do well, uh, even if it's not for the the first uh, selection, it could, could well be that he's still in contention later on in the summer. Yeah, because I'm, I'm just looking at the other sort of top bowlers who have played over, let's say, two or three games. You have got Craig Overton's up there in terms of the averages. You've got Josh Davy at Somerset. He sort of bowls medium pace. You've then got a couple of overseas in Abbas, Hassan Ali, Matthew Fisher, who's obviously always well, played one game actually. And then you've got, like we've spoken about at, in depth, Keith Barker. Ben Sanderson, Sam Cook, Shane Snater at Essex. Um, you know, these aren't, you know, you would to do them no disservice. Like these guys are incredibly good county championship bowlers. But to make that step up, you've got to be doing something a little bit different, whether that be having it on a string, going at no runs and over and being able to nick someone off for fun or, you know, being pretty quick like Archer would in that case. So it is interesting, isn't it, to see sort of who we're bringing through as, as the next sort of cabs of the bowlers. And yeah, maybe England have had a few injuries and it's really, it's a bit of a shame, but I do think the ones we've spoken about probably are. And I think Jamie Overton it is interesting, wasn't it? Because we spoke about it first episode, maybe. We said that his injuries have caught up with him. He's not bowling quick, but again, reading a few articles, he's bowling sort of over 90 miles an hour quite regularly. Was it, did he look pretty sharp, did he, on the, on the weekend? He did, he did. Yeah. Uh, Knocked uh, Ben Compton's lid off onto the stumps, um, which nowadays is not out which I hadn't realised, but the, the helmet has to be attached to your person for it to constitute a wicket. Kevin Peterson was out like that in the Ashes, was he not? He was, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if it was Ashes, but yeah, he was definitely out. Um, was it was it the whole helmet flew off or just a part of it for Peterson? His whole helmet came off, I think. Yeah. yeah. Wow, and that's incredible. Yeah, no longer out. Um, we thought they were trying to, the umpires were trying to work out um, whether it was out or not, but it was actually the concussion delay that... that Took about ten minutes to, to work out whether it's on the right. But no, he was he was he was bowling quickly and, and noticeably quicker than the rest of the Surrey attack as well. That's extraordinary. And how what was Beckenham like? Out ground, not not Kent's usual pitch. Was it a good good day? Beautiful, yeah. Sunny day. Um, I, I like a grassy bank to sit on as a cricket. Whereas you 
you see it in South Africa. They used to get that lovely grass bank in Adelaide, didn't you? But um, that's all been, been taken up by the, the new stand now. But um, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely part of the world. Yeah, I love it. I love the thought of an outground because I mean, I've been to the Cheltenham Festival a couple of years ago. I had a great weekend. I had a Cheltenham Festival, and then we went straight from the 2020 game into the Chel or the Cotswold Beer Festival. So that was a phenomenal day. And I think there are a few other outgrounds. Sort of Scarborough's one, isn't it, in Yorkshire? Um, I I, th I think that's. I mean, there obviously is a reason why it's not done more. But I, I would love to. I'd love to sort of do a circuit of all the outgrounds. I don't know. Are there any other famous ones? I'm sure there were Essex play at Colchester. Um, sorry, go to Guildford every year. Um, I think I think pretty much every county has Sussex play at Arundel. I think that's right. That's a beautiful ground. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there are uh, there are grounds associated with each county. I'm not sure whether they all like to get to a ground a year or whether different counties play it differently. But it, yeah, it is it is a nice thing to do. Brilliant, isn't it? If um, if you've got some time at the weekend, you could definitely go to Guildford. Now, because Surrey are not playing county this weekend, but they are playing Sri Lanka. So um, maybe you want to go and have a look there. That is interesting. Yeah, I've seen the Sri Lanka games. Are they just are they just um, warm up games? Sri Lanka just playing warm up games with their A team over over here, getting them some experience in English conditions. Is that what's happening? Or do we not know? No idea. Yeah. Well, be no idea. I wasn't even aware that we were playing uh, Surrey until I. Um, it must be the A team because they're, they're they're in a test match against. Yeah. Playing the yeah, moment. it was the A team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played Kent a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah, interesting. Um, the other bit of news that has come around the cricketing world, which is actually um really quite sad, is the death of Andrew Simons in a car crash. Died at the age of forty-six. Now, I mean, not I mean. Every, every death is tragic. And the fact that Australia have had sort of three in a row is, is just highlights how, you know, it's so bad, isn't it? They've had Marsh, Warren and now Simons. I mean, if you look at, if you look at, I suppose, Warren as well and Simons, I mean, they contributed so much to the county game, didn't they? I mean, Simons, you would say, Hugh sent us on the voice note earlier, sort of his, maybe the last, Simons played in that last sort of cohort of overseas cricketers that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, who sort of stayed over here for a season, did a bit of everything, and then and then they went off. But I mean, Simons would have been an incredible fancy cricket pick, wouldn't he? He does everything. Yeah, he he, he really did. I saw a little bit of him at Surrey. I think he, he didn't have his most sparkling performances for, for Surrey, but um, certainly some of the innings you saw him play down at Kent were were phenomenal and was it Gloucester in the early years Ben? Yeah, yeah he he went to Gloucester as a 19 year old he's born in, born in Birmingham with yeah. and was he selected for one of our one of our A squads and turned it down to go and play Australia yeah, yeah. yeah wise choice in hindsight but yeah um, in hindsight it was a wise choice but he, he played for Gloucester through I mean a bit before my time and a bit before the TV time I think wasn't it in 1995 he played yeah. Um, he just particularly on the on the white ball stuff he was transformational was it as you say did it all a bit like Ian Harvey bowled his medium pace could bowl off spin batted hit the ball a mile and an absolute gun in the field would catch everything that came his way and stop everything rocket arm so he was someone you definitely wanted to to have around and the model county pro by all accounts yeah he, I mean he played for Gloucestershire Kent Lancashire and Surrey I think I caught him probably during his Kent and Lancashire years I just I couldn't really believe it was like way before and actually Jared Kimber wrote a really good article about it he said that he was a player from the future because he, he you know he bowled 
he bowled medium pace and then he would bowl off spin, but he would bowl basically to the conditions and to what the batsman was doing. Um, and I remember seeing that, I think it was either for Kent or Lancashire. And I couldn't really fathom, you know, it was one of those things that you only ever used to see at sort of village cricket where the opening bowler might come on and bowl a spell and then he might come back on and bowl some off spin later. And I just thought that was so village. And then actually he was such a good um, It was so good to see. And I think, um, you know, nowadays it's so like, he got up, Jared Kemper got it spot on. He said he was a, a player from the future. Cause I mean, you look at it now and you've got Livingston bowling left leg spin to the right-hander and off spin to the left-hander. It's quite normal now, isn't it? But to see him do that at the time, he only, he got the work. He didn't get very good at the IPL. He didn't get the best year. The IPL didn't get the best years of him basically. Um, Cause he was a bit gone. Was When did he play for Surrey? I would say 2012, 13 era. Um yeah. So at the end, right at the end of his career. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And he, I mean, I remember also remember him for the, I used to have the 2003 World Cup video um, and they were against that Pakistan thing. He, they always said um, the comment, it was Mark Nicholas. Mark Nicholas was like, and who came in next? Change the game. And I was like, was like that 40 for six. Who, who's going to change the game? Who is it? And then it was, I always used to forget it was Andrew Simons. That was like his, his sort of his coming up as, as a cricketer. Um so at least it's on it. Well, I mean, we, we spoke a little bit about overseas players, but was there anyone, anyone else like him that you would love to have in your team from a bygone era? Any any other all-rounders that you would love to have in your team at the moment? I, I guess predominantly bowling all-rounder, all but all-rounder, nonetheless, Wazim Akram, who played oh, yeah. a number of years up at Lancashire. Um, and again, it would do, would give him the full season, wouldn't he? And um, yeah. work absolute wonders. So I think he'd be, he'd be a, a shoe-in for your fantasy eleven. Yeah, I think, again, Ian Harvey, someone like Ian Harvey would be a shoo-in. He was very similar to Simons, but didn't bowl the off-spin, but sort of hit the ball hard. Bowled lovely away swingers in that sort of era of Gloucestershire cricket of John Lewis and Smith and Elaine. I just think he would have been great. Um, Carl Hooper, we've spoken about him as well. He would have been yeah. more different he bowls. Probably bowls quite a few maidens at the rate he bowls as well, so get your points. Yeah, so that is, you know, that's tragic news, and it's... So we wish the best for you know Australian cricket. We won't always say that, will we, with the with rivalry going on? But absolutely not. Oh, we're with them. We're with Australian cricket. It's a terrible time. It's really sad. Going on to to, to next week, what we've we got any changes? Any Chev? Who who's who's getting the sword? Um, well, yeah, wholesome changes coming up. Uh, however, they're all provisional still because obviously it depends on um, uh, selection tomorrow evening. Uh, the weather, uh, uh, injuries, whatever else comes our way, I think. But yeah, I think uh, betting him, uh, even though I kept him again last week and then clearly didn't do much. Um, uh, I like him and and I've had conversations with Howard about this before where it's sort of, you know, it's not like he's performing badly or not a banker, but at the same time, as a batsman, he's really middle of the order kind of guy. So he, he can lose out more often simply because of how the, the run scoring is going at the moment. So um, I think he is um, is on his way out. I got rid of Masood a couple of weeks ago because of a bye week. Um, <laughs> and uh, he just, uh, you know, he, he did quite well in, in, in terms of uh, increasing his value. Uh, got Labuschagne in, who's now on a bye week this week. So uh, very tempted to bring Masood back in. Um, uh, I've got the, the funds to do so as well and then the all-rounders we we also spoke about this at length last week and obviously 
I gave on the basis of putting a uh, the armband around a, um, uh, an all rounder. I went for Higo again this week. Yeah. Didn't pay off. Um, so yeah, my patience has run out a little bit in the all rounder section. So I think I'm going to bring in two. Well, uh, Colin Granholm was only there for three weeks, uh, yeah. so that he's up. So he he needs to be replaced anyway. Uh, and I think Higo uh, will be replaced at the same time. So looking at Mullaney and Proctor to come in. Uh, so yeah, if you don't add double in bandwagon jump. Yeah, the double. Yeah. Double yeah. Well, yeah, it's fairly, it's fairly straightforward. If you look at the the ranking and, and who's who's doing relatively well uh, in terms Classic, of yeah. who's, who's got a ton last week. Get yeah. Him in. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I I'm also thinking, you know, let's just go. Let's see what happens. I do think that if you know if they do relatively okay this week. Uh, based on what Andrew explained to us last week with how the value is determined, they should increase value again next week. So there's you know, no harm done uh, if they do okay this week and you replace them with a little bit more money in the bank uh, uh, in a few weeks' time again. So there's, there's nothing wrong with uh, giving it a, a bit of a shot. And I think in, in terms of your roundness, it's fairly even Stevens, but not Stevens uh, in terms of... <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, in terms of yeah well, I'm prepared this one but yeah it was you know there's no one really that stands out there um, yeah. uh, so you may as well just have a punt on someone who's who's had a few games and see what happens uh, and then the in the bow, the bowlers uh, uh, Keith Barker's coming back in I think he was on the, uh, from the bench so that's that's a fairly straightforward one uh, the other three uh, I'm sticking with Richard Craig, uh, Overton, uh, Barnard, and Alex Thompson. So, yeah, yeah, all in all, I'm probably going to put four trades through just to see if I can get some more points on the board because not liking the uh, the erosion of my lead. So um, uh, we need to do something. Yeah, I think, I mean, just on the on the subject of Higgins, is Gloucestershire generally, I think he probably, he probably epitomises Gloucestershire's woes at the moment. I think they're sort of becoming the whipping boys of County Championship Div 1. I mean, to be fair, they have got a lot of injuries and they've just signed Zach Chappell. Uh, Zach, I'm going to call him Chappell, but it's probably Chapel. Uh, from Lots, they've got Jacob Bethel from Warwickshire and Brad Wheel from, uh, well, it says Scotland here on the BBC, but I don't know where Brad Wheel's come from. Hampshire, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've just signed those three on loan. Well, they've got a bye week this week anyway, so if, if there's a week to get rid of their players. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I think, I mean, it's just interesting. I think Gloucestershire, probably not the, the richest county going in, in Div 1, you know, and, and three injuries to their team has obviously really depleted them, which is why they've got, so that's a bit of transfer news in. Um, you say that, but they've also been paying three overseas all year, possibly four, despite only being able to select two at, at any given time, which seems a yeah. remarkable sort of strategy. I think they've got, um, you'll be able to pick this up, but they've got Marcus Harris at the top of the order, haven't they? They've been paying Mohammed Amir to come. And when Amir came, they left, was it Gohar, the Pakistani spinner? Um, he had to sit out because you can only pick two at a time. And I think there might have even been one other who has been um, who has been sat on the sidelines due to the fact you can only play two. Um, but they seem to have either, um, I think Amir might have just been a, a late bit of planning where they've, thought we need to do something here let's throw a bit of cash at, at, at someone 
Yeah, maybe maybe they freed up some cash through the injury. Maybe I don't know, and then that's gone yeah. to yeah. But no, you're right. Is it that, that's true? Maybe they are the victims of their own downfall. Um, Howard, who are your changes this week? Uh probably just the one. Um, and I will be bringing Keaton Jennings in for yeah. Tom Haynes. I think Haynes is uh, on a bye week with Sussex and possibly uh, in line for a, a, a squad call-up at some stage. Uh, I read that Rob Key, I think the, the week before he, he took his role as director of cricket, had tweeted something along the lines of, this lad looks the real deal or can seriously play or something. Yeah. Um, obviously, he wouldn't have been tweeting that had he had, he had the job, but it shows you <laughs> where Haynes is in Key's mind in general. So yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a, a squad. So I think it would just be the one, the one change and then a few subs I've got. Um, Mohammed Abbas and Liam Dawson coming back in for Hampshire for Lovely. a trip to Somerset. Lovely. Not going to get on the Masood bandwagon. I think it'll be very interesting to see how he goes because that, that Derby top order has not been short of runs, but they'll have a, a very stern test against Nottingham this week with the likes of Broad, Pattinson, Patterson, um, Patterson White, any any of those guys. But I think Masood's probably not been tested um, in Div Two so far. But um, that is a, definitely a stern test by by anyone's measure. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how to see how they go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got who have I got? I've got a lot of bye weeks going on for me. I've got Sussex, so Allsop, Gloucester, Hammond, and Bracey and Higgins, and then North Glamorgan with Northeast and Sussex with Ollie Robinson. I've Sub Thompson back in. Cox is now subbed back in as my keeper. And Travascus is subbed back in for Ryan Higgins. But I think actually you guys are right. I think I'm going to have to get rid of a bit of dead weight in terms of Robinson, maybe Higgins. I have to have a think about. I've got three Gloucester players and I've just absolutely said that they are the whipping boys. So I probably need to get rid of at least one or two of them. And what did, what did Hugh say? He's, get, he's bringing in... Is he bringing in Harmer, did he say? I can't remember now. He probably is. I mean, he he would do it any 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 chance he's been given. He'll bring bring him in, won't he? So, yeah, should we play one of his voice notes? I can I can drag up the one about his substitutions yeah. just so yeah. he didn't completely waste his time. Let's see if we can get this loaded up. Wasting uh, his time is a big word when he's sipping cocktails. Week. Um, I haven't yet done extensive research on a on a team by team basis and who the likely fixtures are. I've rather been spending. My- time on the sunbed so there might be a little bit of time for that in the next next 24 hours before i have to panic select my team um but i've been forced to make um one change shaheen shahafridi's flying home to see his family um so i might well have left harmer in and got got rid of shahafridi knowing that last week but there we are um one of the i don't have budget constraints where in for, for this substitution because i've got some cash left over um, so I think it'll be one of James Pattinson, Dwayne Pattinson, Jamie Overton, or maybe even Simon Harmer. Little outside thought for Toby Roland Jones, but mainly just to annoy Howard, who's got him in his team. Um, and, and one change, Ed Pollock in for Labashane as Glamorgan on a bye. Um, I look forward to listening back to the pod and hearing what all your changes are, gents. Is there a new first-class cricketer called Dwayne Pattinson? <laughs> Dane Patterson. I think we can get Jimmy to edit that, but that, that is Dane Patterson of Nottingham, I think, is who he was referring to. But we'll let him off. He said he'd had a few a few uh, drinks by the bar by this point. But 
um, that that is the levels that it, it takes to become a Badger, ladies and gents. That's a, a man in Mauritius on his honeymoon talking yeah. through his, his team selections on a voice note. You say that Chris Jones of the BBC Rugby Union Weekly podcast, he did actually host a podcast on his honeymoon. So Hugh is not quite at those heights yet. Maybe if we had a couple more followers or listeners, he would have done that. But that was extraordinary commitment from him. I feel like that now. But thank you, Hugh. That's great. Um, yeah, the fixtures this week, Northamptonshire, Kent, Somerset, Hampshire, Yorkshire, Warwickshire, Middlesex, Durham, Notts, Derbyshire, Worcestershire, Leicestershire and Lancashire, Essex. Hopefully with the weather looking good, isn't it? I mean, this week we're in for a mini heat wave, I think, this week. So maybe, hopefully we'll see runs and wickets. Um, and I think the England selection is, is probably going to be quite a big topic, isn't it? I would think so, yeah. Um, yeah, there'll be a few talking points for sure. Um and then we can try and work out of the squad who is going to who is going to make the eleven come second of, of June. Um, I think we're also going to have a look at our our favourite overseas from years gone by, aren't we? To see who who we would get in um, from sort of from nineties onwards, who our our favourite overseas signings would be in fantasy cricket. Uh, Chev needs to do some Chev needs to do some uh, research on that, doesn't he? Nineties. I, mean, I mean, there's one name straight in my into my team. That's fairly straightforward. Uh, Ryan Tenduskart uh, can make it straight on. <laughs> Very, good. Very good. All right then, Badgers. I think we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, this is the last round and then we go into the 2020. We don't quite know what we're going to do on the 2020 yet. Um, but I think the interesting because the break's actually not as long as it is I thought it was. It's only a two-week break, I think. And then the championship's back on the 12th of June. So this is the last round. I think be interesting to see all to play for um and again i think it'll be interesting to see in rob key's point of view if cricket 11 points convert into selection for england that'll be an interesting one thank you very much to all of our listeners for listening to the badger watch podcast hosted by unspun cricket productions and um yeah we will catch you guys next week thank you very much